G'day there, dear, dear listeners, and welcome to another edition of The Finnovator with me, Stuart Bell. Uh, thanks for joining me, by the way. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. Hey, today we're going to take a bit of a different tack. Uh, ben Elliott is my guest today, and this is uh, a session I did with him. I've done a few. He came along and spoke at one of our two-day live events that we run as part of our Leveraged Advice Firm program. Uh, Ben's one of these people that I've worked with personally, uh, on a personal level, I mean, as a performance coach, and I think he is one of Australia's best. Um, I won't steal his thunder, uh, but let's just say Ben is one of those people that uh, understands the mindset shifts, but also has the ability to kind of fast track those uh, with the skill set he has. And, you know, he's someone who's referred to me by other business coaches that I really, really respect. And as such, I've actually recommended, I've bought uh, coaching sessions with team members. I've recommended him to clients. Uh, he's become a real fixture in my life and the life of other people. And there's a good reason for that because he's very, very good at dealing with that mindset piece. Uh, I guess sometimes when I talk to business owners about the things that stop them from getting the results, it all boils down to five things. You know, either people don't have a vision. Uh, sometimes they have a vision, but they don't have a plan. Sometimes they've got a plan, but they don't have the knowledge. Sometimes they've got all of those things, but they don't have the system or the support. But if you get rid of all of these things, the only thing left is mindset, and that's where Ben comes in. By the way, that, that five-step model, that comes from a guy called Chris Michelson. Uh, thanks, Chris, that, for that. I appreciate that, sharing that. Uh, and in this session, we talked about what is the mindset that as an advisor, uh, if you want to build a successful business and also motivate clients to do what you do, but also take care of yourself. What are the key things to take care of? What are the key routines to adopt and a whole bunch more? So I think mindset sooner or later uh, is going to be something that everybody looks at, whether it's early on in your journey, whether it's you hit a brick wall and you just don't know how to break through it, or you're dealing with staff members who you need to motivate. Uh, eventually, sooner or later, I think everybody uh, is going to need to push and look at the way that you view the world, the way that you view performance and a whole bunch more. So without a shadow of a doubt, no, that's not right. Without any further delay, uh, let's hear from Ben in uh, Mastering Your Mindset. Today's all about mindset. And uh, I, we actually met, was it, uh, we met through Tristan, right? We did. We did. I, I put me through and we've been doing a bit of work together for uh, about nine months. It feels like a lot longer. And I don't know whether that's sort of uh, uh, a lot to do with my damaged psych or, or whatever else is going on. But um yeah, it's been, it's been really great. And I know anybody who came along to the Accelerator will have got to see you uh, full ball. What people don't know from the Accelerator is actual fact that was your anniversary, right? It was. It was. Yeah, we had our wedding yeah. anniversary. And instead of having a nice, beautiful, romantic dinner, I was talking to you and <laughs> your clients. So it was great. And uh, your, your partner, uh, whose name is, escapes me at the most embarrassing time. Anna, yeah. Anna, that's right. She came up to me and she sort of gave me that... Hi, nice to meet you. Her mouth said, hi, nice to meet you. Her, her eyes sort of said, how dare you? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but then the so thing is, she was in Melbourne, so she took the credit card and then she was out through the shop. So she would have forgiven you within an hour. It's fine. Yeah. And, and punished you, hopefully. But uh, <laughs> look, dude, um, what do you normally see as some of the ch main challenges at this time of year starting out that you see yeah, people having? And I'd love if you've got any stories about specific clients that you've worked with uh, and some of the problems that come to you, particularly as business people, love to know a bit about that. Yeah, okay. So as you know, uh, the clients I'm usually working with are business owners or leaders or people in those kind of high performance roles. So there's usually a lot of pressure 
usually a lot of stress. And when it comes to mindset, mindset is everything. Every time you have a thought, it's producing an emotion. Everything you focus on is either giving you more strength and more motivation or it's draining you. So commonly when people are coming to see me, they're either things are falling apart or they need to get to the next level. They know what to do. They have a mentor telling them what to do or and they just can't take action on it. You know, So usually I come in as the mindset guy uh, just to kind of help them dig, find out what's holding them back, how they're getting in their way or what is the new strategy and their thinking they need to have to kind of push forward. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's um, one example I'll kind of bring uh, straight, to, straight to the table straight away. Classic client, great guy, uber successful, makes tons of money. The kind of guy where his watch is worth more than your car, his car is worth more than your house, that kind of guy. So, great guy. Right. And uh, when I was working with him, uh, initially, uh, he, we just came really quickly noticing that with all the success and all the effort he puts in and the great team he's built and the great success he has and everything, we found really quickly that uh, every single one of his actions on a daily basis were driven by either fear or by anger. So obviously you can imagine what would happen after 10 years of doing that. You know, every action is either fear-based and stressful or it's either based in anger, which means it's uh, putting people down or it's uh, it's just negativity the whole time. So he gets to the place where he would have Mm. um, the kind of success and the kind of results that would usually make most people cry with gratitude and thankfulness. And when his mind seen a result, he was like, oh, that's great, but what's next? But then uh, he'd have a win, that'd be massive. And he'd feel good about it for a few moments. But then as soon as a challenge or something went wrong or there was a problem, his emotions would go through Mm. the roof. All weekend he would lose by being stuck in his head, complaining, uh, whinging and moaning over one little thing that's gone wrong. So his emotional Mm. life was terrible. And obviously, not that his marriage was bad, but it could have been much better. Every time I'm at home, it wasn't relaxation. It was negativity and everything else. A lot of that was coming by he was doing the right actions, but the mindset, the emotions, and the attitudes behind it were really fear-based and anger-based. So for us, being able to retrain his thinking, to get rid of all the fear, all the anger, and go at things with calm, patience, positivity, he was actually able to get better results and have more mental space as well. And I remember one time he sent me a text saying, hey, man, I'm so surprised that this calm thing is actually working for me. He goes, I thought that when I was going to be calm, I would lose money, but I was prepared to do it. But he goes, last quarter, I made an extra 100000 and I was calm about it. So, mm. it's, I read, a, I read uh, Tools of Titans a while back, and one mm. of the stories in there, I think, is, uh, I think the guy's name, off the top of my head, I think it's something Thomas. He's one of the yeah. best-known Silicon Valley investors. And one guy was telling a story about uh, how he, he burst into this guy's office. He's angry. And he just unloads, you know what? The way you treat people, you've made mistakes, you're a this, you're a that, rah. And this guy's known for being cool. And apparently he just responded and said, you've made some good points, thanks for the feedback. And the guy was just totally disarmed straight away. Because at no point, he just, he listened to it and realized it was coming from a place of anger, it was coming from a place of damage. And rather than poor, fire on the you know kindle on the fire he actually put it out and sarah silverman did something recently on twitter where she got trolled someone told her they hoped she'd die and all the rest of it and her response was she went through his twitter feed and said i look i can see i can see there's a lot of bad stuff's happened to you i can see you're in pain tell me why do you know what do you feel that way and she ended up turning the whole thing around so um if you get this right this time of year if you absolutely nail it can you give us an example of you know the benefits of starting off with the right mindset the right uh the right focus 
the right way of dealing with clients. And even again, if there's a story you can tell, that'd be awesome too. I'm just going to close the window while you're saying that, by the way. At this time of year, it's a, it's a fantastic time. There's that uh, around New Year's, January, there's that kind of thing in the air where everyone has new resolutions and stuff like that. So at this time of year, you're not going to be as busy as you will be in a few months' time. So you have a bit more time that if you can focus on your mindset here, you can install some habits and some patterns. So when you are super busy, you'll be able to perform at a higher level. So there's an amazing opportunity at this time of year to really nail mindset as well as get the ball rolling. Now, most people I talk to, they know what to do, they know how to do it, mm. or they have a really good business mentor or coach, uh, someone like yourself who can tell them exactly what to do. So the strategy side of things are usually pretty clear. I wanna do this, I wanna accomplish that, I've got this guy here who can give me the next steps after that, but then it's always the implementation. So people are gonna have a challenge of either implementing, having the confidence and the motivation and the drive to be able to do it without procrastination, Mm. Uh, so they're either going to be struggling with that, putting it into action, or the other aspect is they'll do it, but underlying every action will be a, a, motive, a feeling of stress or overwhelm or a negativity or I have to do this or else kind of mentality. And if yeah. you're acting yeah. from that place, even though you're doing the right things, 2018 will feel like an incredibly long year because every action has a bit of stress, a bit of negativity. You get home at the end of the day, you'll feel absolutely exhausted, then you'll have to do it again. And that level of performance yeah. isn't really sustainable because it's underlined with fears or stress or using huge bits of willpower just to overcome procrastination. So one client, as mm. an example, she runs a, an amazing clinic in Adelaide, successful business lady for 10 years. And uh, for her, she kind of had that, uh, a lot of negativity in her workplace. So every time she was doing things, it was always negativity based and things became overwhelming to the point where when we mm. met, I asked her about a business and as soon as she spoke about business or thought about going back to the clinic, tears would fall and she'd be doing the ugly cry, uh. the ugly sob. And all that was is um, trying to push past negative emotions, push past stress. And in the end, it, just up, it loaded her so much over those few years that even the thought of going back to work, the thought of doing the right action to make the business successful just became an overwhelm. And then she was caught in that mm. place of, do I just get rid of the business and lose money yeah. and have some peace of yeah. mind? Or do I try and fix everything? And that seemed like an overwhelming position. So for me, understanding mindset, the real key there was how do we get the positivity back and all of those actions being inspired from a positive place and then the solutions will be there, the problem solving, the creativity will increase and then she'll be able to have her mojo back. That's perfect. Yeah, no, I totally I connect with that. I've had clients like that. I'll yeah. be honest, I've, there's been times I've felt like that. I, I watched a video with Kerwin Ray in it recently. Yeah. And he put something similar, similar to what you've told me to do is whenever you're having a challenge with something, just repeat this mantra. This is simple. This is easy. This is fun. And eventually, if you repeat it in, like a few times in your head, you actually it just you believe it. And next thing you know, you, it totally changes everything. Yeah, yeah. Big time. Big time. Let's... Um, should we jump into some questions? Because there's a whole bunch lined up and I think I'm looking at my questions on my sheet and I think these are better questions. Uh, <laughs> let's start from the top. Craig's question was, he'd love to talk a little bit, a bit about how to start the year off with really good intentions and uh, have some tactics for staying on track through distractions. Because I, I know I can, I, I, I'm, I feel like I connect with this one a little bit because I can start 
uh, you know, right, I've sorted, I know where to go, and then something will come and knock me from the side, and then next thing you know, the exercise goes out the window, whatever it might be. So love your take on that. Yeah, Practical totally. Stuff. So what will usually happen when uh, we're in a mode where we can't finish what we start is usually because we start it with a huge burst of emotion, and that huge burst of emotion isn't really sustainable. So we're really excited, and we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, and as soon as that emotion dies down, and new distractions and new shiny objects come in, then we lose that, that kind of uh, that emotional drive. Yeah, so that's one key. The second key is what is a distraction? A distraction is basically something that you're focused on your goal, which is right in front of you, that mental image is in front of you, but then something comes and jumps in front of it. So if we're, okay. if we're talking about uh, dealing with distractions, then when you have your goals, the planning side of things will be what are the five major things I need to do to accomplish this goal? One to five things. That's the strategy. But then what you got to do is anytime uh, you think about taking action on that, you got to practice picturing the end point. So for example, if it's uh, hard to get into exercise, as soon as the emotions worn off, that's where the real mindset really has to come into place. So you're thinking about going to boot camp, thinking about doing your workout. When you think about it, not talking to you, just to anyone. <laughs> you think about going to boot camp, what you need to do in your mind is you need to be able to picture the moment when the workout's done and you feel good about it. That's one example. You rock up at, at work and you know, okay, today there are two key things that are going to move the business forward. So before you start any work, you see that aspect that needs to be done and you picture the moment where you've completed it that day. You don't worry about how to do it. You just see the moment where you've ticked it off. You see the moment where that email was sent. You see the moment where you've contacted that important lead. You see the moment where you finish that sales call. You, you see the moment where you finish that, that um, piece of marketing there. And by doing that, you're basically giving your brain uh, a direct suggestion, focus on this, focus on this, focus okay. on the product. And what it will do is even though you're then focusing on other aspects, your brain will be chewing on how do we get to this point? How do we fulfill that picture? How do we fulfill that picture? So that'd be powerful. Mate, can I put you on the spot? Not Please. in a bad way. This feels like it's something maybe we, we could possibly do together. Is it, is it something that we could possibly do as a visualization as a group or is, totally. is it a one-on-one yeah. -on -one thing? Okay, so maybe a way to go is if everybody, everybody okay. one thing you'd like to be celebrating this time by the end of March. It's gotta be one thing. I want it to be really specific and, I've got to, and ideally it's something you can actually visualize yourself finishing, ticking off, having the benefits of, and then uh, Ben, would you be willing to walk us through like a, a little exercise so everybody can kind of get that clear? Would that be, would that be okay? Totally. He says, spring something. Okay. Uh, Justin's is a consistent marketing program in place. My natural inclination, end of March this year, yeah. My natural inclination, Justin, is to ask a little bit to understand what that's going to give you. So what so I want you to focus go... on is a, a consistent marketing program as an example. With that one, uh, you want to think of what are the, the, the key steps that are the hardest for you to make it consistent. So it might be writing the, uh, writing the piece of marketing or it might be the fear of what people are thinking or whatever it may be, but you want to kind of focus on that step there. So efficient and successful onboarding process. Uh, okay. Pre-vet, so pre-vet's a 15-minute call that... Uh, you have with a client prior to a first meeting. Uh, so in other words, that whole first appointment meeting, that first sales experience for the client is excellent. Craig's a podcast launch with a weekly show and Facebook live and handouts. Mm. Well, let's start with these ones here. 
Yeah. Okay, now focused client avatar messaging to the right people at the right time and game bringing leads and demands on the right type. So I think a big one here for Glenn is that he's got leads coming in from, from his, uh, the efforts he's making on, on social media. Ursula, all my files are up to date and at the end of each week, simple but flowing. 50 yeah, calls a week, Craig Bigelow. Sorry, you wanted to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right. Do you want to hand over to you and you can take us through? Yeah, let me, let me throw into it. So straight away, a lot of these things are really good. And you can see that you guys are super clear on what you're actually needing to do in the next 90 days to make things happen for you in 2018. So what I would say is in all of those things, if you're not doing it and it's not an easy flow already, there's got to be some step along the way that's a bit of a challenge for you. So there might be a, a part of the task that's a procrastination or it's nervous, it's new, so it's a bit nervy. Um, or it's big or your mind's just kind of distracted with it. So with all of those things, if we just pull out the uh, 50 calls is the one I'm locking my eyes on at the moment. So if there's 50 calls a week, then what it might be, for example, is in the morning before you start your day, you're in the office. And then what you do is you look at your list of people to call. And all you do is you'll close your eyes and you just create a mental picture in your mind of the moment the last phone call has been done. So that visual picture might be closing your eyes and then seeing you're hanging up the phone and then you tick off that last number there. So what I'll get you to do, I'll get you just to close your eyes and I want you to focus on the hardest step to accomplish that thing. The hardest practical step, whether it's making a phone call or typing something up or whatever it may be. And all I want you to do when you think about it, that step that needs to happen, I want you just to picture the end point seeing the moment where you complete it. And you want to make sure that when you see it, it feels good and it's in color and you want to connect with the emotion of that moment you finish it. Don't worry about how to do it, just the very end and just picturing that. And as soon as you see it, then you'll be able to open your eyes. So something really simple like that. So Stuart, you did this. Mm. Talk us through what you did so we can kind of uh, di uh, dissect it a bit better. Uh, so one of the things I, I really want to do is I want to run a workshop overseas this year. The US. Mm. Uh, so I thought, so what's the hardest part of doing this? And the hardest part is actually, um, the hardest part is getting a bunch of people to sign up and agree to be part of it. So this, that, so I, ha I, I picture, I visualize that moment where I open, you know, we've been through a marketing campaign and I open the, you know, I'm there on my email and suddenly the, the signups start coming in and it goes 10, 15, 20, 30. And at that point I, I, I'd be, yeah, I've had this experience before you just reach back and you go, it's happening. And the rest of it is logistics because mm. the moment you've got people in a room, in a place and a topic, mm. and a focus, the rest of it just happens. So yeah, that was good. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you're able to do that. Yeah. So let me just talk about some of the science of why that works. Otherwise it's going to sound like a bunch of fluff <laughs> and I'm not a fluffy guy. I'm a really practical guy. And for me, uh, I started in a place where these methods and techniques needed to help me renew my mind. So just the, just the fact that someone said to do it wasn't enough for me. So let's kind of chew on that for a bit. So with your example there, um, you've seen the moment where the result was coming through, that mm -hmm. main step where you were receiving those emails. Now, what will happen for the rest of your day, you'll be distracted with other things. But because you made that clear thought that had some emotion attached to it, your brain will be chewing on it for the rest of the day. So for example, if, uh, if yourself and I were having coffee, in Adelaide, some of the best coffee in Australia. <laughs> and we're having coffee in Adelaide and we're talking. And, some, uh, some of the best. Yep. <laughs> so if we're talking and uh, if we're saying, oh, what's that guy's name? We're having a conversation. What's that guy's name? He's got the black hair. He runs this business and we can't think of the guy's name. 
you know what? You've had that conversation before. You yeah. leave. And within two hours, what happens? It, it's like, oh. that's right. It was Robert De Niro. Yes, that's it. And he owes me money. So when that happens, even though you weren't focusing on it for those two hours, because it was uh, important for your brain, your brain in the background started chewing on it. In the background, how do we get there? What is the answer? So you were distracted with driving and enjoying Adelaide or whatever else you were doing while you were down here. But then your brain was working in the background, that subconscious part of your mind. So just by you doing that, you were picturing the goal you want and the mm. thing that needs to happen. And as you're then doing another webinar at 12 o'clock, you're working with clients, you're being busy, your brain is asking those questions and that creativity. How do we make that happen? So over the next few days, if you're doing this consistently, you'll start noticing creative ideas of how to get those leads. You'll feel more motivation in the tasks that need to get done. And mm. every single action you take towards it will be linking with the positive emotion that you were creating in your head there. So then all of a sudden, creating the marketing for that will feel lighter, more exciting, and then you have this momentum of positivity. Yeah. That little simple image. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. It's uh, We've spoken about this a lot. So you say, you know, the power, and again, it sounds fluffy, but it's not. The power of the subconscious mind is, is huge. And the subconscious mind there at the end of the day is there to instinctively react to things and, and, and see patterns and whatnot. Like so when you commit something to the conscious mind, you're accessing a level of brain power, which yeah. you just may not be aware of, but it, it's there and it works for you. And at the end of the day, this is where, you, you know, you suddenly realize, holy moly, what a coincidence. It's not, it's, it's, mm. it's a subconscious mind churning away, working out the solution and boom, there it goes. That's Robert. it. That's it. Uh, Justin said, mine is actually getting started, mapping it out and breaking it down. Uh, so visualizing that, you know, at the end of it, when you look at it, it's funny and it's like, it's done. All I need to do now is, 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 is just roll it out. That's awesome. The stress off my shoulder. That's uh, it makes it clear to, to easy to move forward and clear on what he needs to do. Jeffrey Absolutely. says he's already visualized the U S workshop. Uh, we should right. uh, check, uh, compare notes and see if it's the same place. Let's go. Should we ask a, answer another question? Yeah. For sure. uh, what are some, you know, now's great. Cause it's kind of a clear, it's a clear run, you know, uh, mm. sure. We may not be up to speed yet, the motor might not be operating at full speed, but definitely there's, you know, there's a clarity that you don't have at this time at the end of the year, but invariably you're going to get sideswiped by, in our case, compliance, uh, clients. What are some great tactics for making sure you do not get distracted from, you know, the bigger game, the end game? Yeah. So one of the key things is going to be is, uh, uh, can you, you, people really got to uh, understand this, right? People say to me sometimes, I'm having a bad day. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed the day's going to be bad. And what that shows me is a similar thing when it comes down to distractions. You know, that's, this is an obvious example to paint the picture. So if you're waking up on the wrong side of the bed, what that's showing me is you're used to living and thinking that if it's sunny, it's a good day. If people treat me nice, it's a good day. And if all the ducks are in line, then I'm on track. But what that is, is it's kind of like, uh, it's not proactive and it's basically random if you're going to get your result. So the same thing with distractions, what distractions as well are is you're focused on something, but then something stresses you out, something distracts you and your emotions go with whatever the external thing is. So the real key there for total breakthrough on that is you have to get really, really good at your own state management, you know? So is, is your positivity going to come because people treat you well and everything happens as expected, or is your positivity going to come from an internal place? where regardless of the challenges or the distractions, you're able to control your own reactions to that, control mm. your own positivity. Because a lot of people, they're like, um, their brains are like when you walk a dog, 
they see another dog and they're distracted and then their emotions are over there. Yeah. They walk a few more steps and there's another dog barking and then their minds are really engaged in that, but they're completely off track of what the, the whole plan, the whole path was. So uh, the distraction thing really comes down to how are you managing your own state? And one of the keys with that is you have to get some tools and you have to get practice in terms of when challenges happen, what's your emotional reaction? Because your mm. emotional reaction to it is more important than what you do about it. So for example, before uh, the, uh, we were running late, we couldn't get the tech stuff ready, it wasn't working. And for me, just this is a normal lifestyle thing for me. I was like, okay, my reaction to this problem is more important than fixing the problem. It's priority number one. So my reaction, I'm gonna just go into laughter, I'm gonna have fun about it, and we won't even stress about it by the end of the day. So I was just kind of getting myself into that state, okay, have fun with it, it's probably gonna be funny, We'll look back at it and laugh one day. And I was more focused on my state versus what the external thing in life was throwing at me. Love that. I mean, just to expand on that, we, uh, you know, the end, of, as you, as you know, the end of the year was uh, had, had some real challenges for me, and I probably forgot a lot of the stuff you told me. But we sat down, and you told me two really bits, important bits of information about this distraction thing. The first was you talked about there are two problems going on here. Yeah. And the second thing is you taught me a little technique which you later told me is actually uh, it's an SAS technique or a, yep. a SEAL, Navy SEALs. Do you yeah. want to expand on those two things? Because they were hugely powerful for me at the time, and they still are. Yeah, so there was the Navy SEAL technique. What was the first one, sorry? The first one was there's two problems going. When I was like, oh, yeah, oh. I'm, I'm just not. This isn't yeah. great. I'm, I'm, I'm finding it really hard. And you said, it's actually two problems going on yeah. here. Yeah. One of them is the problem, and the other one is... Yeah, yeah. So on that, so whenever you face a challenge... So, for example, there's something that's stressing you out in life. How many problems do you have? The answer is two. One thing is stressing you out, but you have two problems. The first problem is the reality of the very real, very present challenge. But the second, more important problem is your reaction to that problem. And if you can understand the two problems that you have and understanding that as much as that thing is stressing you out, as much as your brain wants to problem solve, your main priority has to be your reaction to the problem. Then by time you're in a better state, you'll smash that problem and figure it out. Anytime you're stressed, anytime you're worried, your brain cannot think. It's no. just the way it is. Anytime you relax and you chill out, your brain thinks uh, answers, creativity increases and all of that. So that's the first key. The second thing is really funny. There's a 10 day course in France. If you're an elite soldier, in the US, Australia, UK, you, get, you can get an invitation to this 10-day course in France. And you rock up there, and the whole course is on mental toughness. <laughs> and their whole goal, when they interviewed the instructors, is our goal is to make every soldier full of anxiety and full of stress, and we are purposely trying to break them. So it sounds fun, sounds fun. So you get there, and there are real challenges, real stresses. If you have injuries, you gotta, you got to go through the injury. You have to run on the injury or the team has to carry you. So you're going through these major stresses. There's one point after about five days, these guys are stressed out. They're exhausted, hardly any sleep, hardly any food. There's this massive river right in front. And there's an alligator or crocodile-infested waters there. So they have their guns, live weapon, they don't know if they're going to encounter any of these things or not. They might be fine crossing this river or they might actually have to shoot some of these, uh, some of these alligators, right? 
So at that moment, the instructors have been barking out the same method the entire time. Shut off the negative talk, get present and focus on the task at hand, and then again, envision the other side, envision the positive outcome. So mm. you could imagine you're about to cross this, uh, this, this river. You don't know if you're going to get attacked by an alligator or a crocodile. You have your live weapon on you, so you might need to use it. So the instructors are saying, shut off the negative talk. So the, what do I do with this? What do I do with that? What happens if this happens? Shut off all of that talk. Focus on the present moment. Mm. When you get present and you're focused on the things around you, you're focused on the task at hand, you get in the zone. Mm -hmm. When you're in the zone, you respond better, you flow better, you can think better. And then the last thing is envision the positive outcome. For these guys, it was seeing themselves on the other side of the river. Mm -hmm. so as they're approaching it, for, uh, they're shutting off the talk, getting present on their, on their techniques, and then they're envisioning on the other side. And it's funny. The first few days, these guys were shells of humans, stressed, crying men. By the end of the 10 days, they've been through a lot. Their mm -hmm. mental toughness was so strong by using that technique again and again. At the end of the 10 days, they were laughing with each other and joking. They've had hardly any sleep, hardly any food. They've been doing nothing but hard training. But because of that mental toughness that was developed under stress, mm -hmm. that toughness was there and it was, they were able to have joy. And then, yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned to me that you, uh, you used to be a nervous public speaker. Yeah. Once upon a time. That would have been, that would have been a technique you would have applied to that, right? Absolutely. Well, I wasn't just a nervous public speaker. I was the worst public speaker. So in high school, I was known as the shy kid. I once had my best friend turn to me in the math class and he says, Ben, do you like me? And I went, well, what do you mean? <laughs> he goes, you never talk to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm just shy. I don't know what to say. And I would just mumble my words. So I was the shy kid through high school. And then when it came to public speaking, I had that thing of, Public speaking is good for my profession. I can help mm. a lot of people. I know what to do. I've got the methods in a book, the methods in a course of how to do it. But here I am about to go on stage in front of 10 people and I'm going to vomit everywhere. So yep. I, couldn't, I, could, I, I would like make holes and lines in the carpet like an elephant that would just be going around in a circle and it was just terrible. So for me, I had to do that as well. It was back mm. down to um, I had to really increase my confidence. And the way I did that was basically... I had to really reflect on what I had to offer and mm -hmm. I had to anchor my confidence in something. It wasn't good enough for me to say you are confident and you are good enough because my brain didn't really have an anchor point for that. So yep. what I needed is I needed to look, okay, what is it in me in my unique fingerprint, my unique personality? And uh, as I did that, I started making a list of all the things I had to offer that built some confidence, could anchor it to it. But then also I had to use that technique then. So then when I'd walk out on stage, shut off the negative talk, focus on the moment and seeing the end of the workshop working out well. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to add, like, I've, I've been in some situation on stage and what you think you're about to go on stage or you're about to sit in front of a client, your difficult meeting coming up and it's like, well, what if I don't have the answers? What if, what if, you know, I forget my lines? What if they say this? What if they ask this question and you suddenly got to go, hold on a mo. That's my conscious mind being that little egomaniac and trying to predict the future. Stop. Exactly. What's actually going on here? My feet are a bit sore. Hmm, it's a bit warm in here, but I'll be okay. Ooh, it's a bit of a draft. Okay, great. Go out there. This is, what am I going to do? I'm, at the end of it, I'm going to step off that stage. It's going to feel great. Or I'm going to come out of that meeting and it's going to be done. And there's going to be a relief. Yeah. It's, the next one up is Glenn. Glenn wants to know, 
How can he's doing a lot of work on social media marketing? Uh, and the one key thing with the marketing online is you want to get people to take action. Mm. So, what are some really great tips you can give for putting out a story or a message to prospects that's going to trigger that uh, mental decision that they are going to do something, act, reach out, you know, and otherwise do something about it as opposed to just read it and let it wash over them? Is there some insight you can give into that? Yeah, well, there's always the, uh, the the typical things that you guys would know about the call to actions and all that kind of stuff. But the real reason why people are going to connect with stuff is first they're going to relate. So with stories, uh, with stories a lot like metaphors. And in the mindset world, metaphors used to be a really big thing because you'd say a metaphor, someone would hear the metaphor and take action because they can relate to it, right? But there was a bunch of people who, uh, like uh, when we we're going through our courses about 10 years ago, there was a bunch of people who were saying a message or... Um, saying a story, but because it was so unrelatable, there was no connection point. You know okay. what I mean? So this is the key thing is with the message is like you want it to be obviously, you know, the kind of heartstrings you're trying to play, you know, the, the type of uh, way you're trying to help them. And if you know your client really well, then the, the real key is basically being able to share a story in a way where they're going to be able to connect with it. You know, mm. it's not good enough to say to someone, if someone's in a, um, living in Saudi Arabia and uh, you say to them, oh, you need to recharge your batteries. If they're living in the sandy areas and their main transportation is camels, for example, if they're in that kind of uh, out of the city kind of area, then recharge your batteries yeah. ain't going to connect with them because it means nothing to them, you know? So your message and your story, <laughs> yeah. you've got to be able to hit the right strings that these people are going to relate to. And you've got to understand that people are going to um, basically, yeah, the, the way they're going to be motivated to take action is if you're going to basically give them something pleasurable or help them get free from something painful. Mm. And similarly, uh, just to sort of make it relevant to our industry, if you're dealing with clients who aren't taking action on their financial matters, if they don't, you know, they don't know what a budget is or they've never sat down and looked at the numbers and you start talking about these things, they're not going to be able to relate. So the message is, it's got to be totally about day-to-day life the challenges with money, the way they understand money. And by, get, by my experience has been by getting that traction, you get the capture. And the capture is when you can start the education. But if you haven't got the email address, if you haven't got the list and you're trying to you know, educate, especially via social media, it can get really expensive really quickly. And you know, the other thing is when people are on social media, their attention spans are tiny. But when you get them on the list, and they start to understand, they will, they, will, they will watch a longer video, they'll read a longer email, they'll link things together. So uh, yeah, metaphors are great, but as you said, I think that's, that's, that's super useful, particularly at the top of the funnel. Mm. Hopefully that was useful, Glenn. Yeah. Uh, let's just jump in can a I, little bit. Can I quickly bit. answer the one question? Can I quickly answer one question? Uh, no, of course you can't. No, of course you can't. <laughs> I can't remember. Yep, I'm in Adelaide. Where is the good coffee or where is the coffee? Yeah, I thought, I, yeah. I thought that one might grab your attention. <laughs> The Coffee Institute at Walkerville, the local grinds at Walkerville, and Pure, uh, Pure in Glenelg. They are the three places for amazing coffee in Adelaide. Please note that Ben Elliott was paid yes. no endorsements whatsoever. For this. <laughs> um, uh, actually, while we're there, I should ask a question. She was, this is in relation to visualization. Uh, her question is, what happens when you've got competing priorities? You know, you've got to systematize and you've got to... Um, You've got to create a marketing thing and you've got to deal with this a staff member who's, you know, I don't know, whatever they're doing. What do you do? Do you visualize one? Do you visualize two? Do you visualize three? Do you visualize overcoming all of them together? What's, what works best? Yeah, so you want to do all three. Yeah, because like life's going to happen where 
with the, the, the level that all, you, all, your, all the participants here, all you guys, you'll be playing at a level where it's no longer binary. You can't just rock up and it's one exam at a time, one test at a time. You're going to have leading your team, leading your systems. You're going to have multiple things happening at the same time. So with the visualization thing, it actually becomes more important the busier you get because what will happen is if you're not creating those clear pictures for every single one of them, then what will happen is your mind's going to get easily distracted. So that's where you rock up five minutes early in the day and you kind of set, okay, how do I want to approach today? What kind of attitude do I want to have? And then when it comes to the different priorities, you're going to have an understanding of what needs to be done. You know, you're going to know what needs to be done and what you do is you kind of visualize them in order or otherwise you just see each of them done and then you just begin to jump into action. If that makes sense. So you want to hit every single one of them. All three of them one go. I want little habit I've got into again recently after not doing it for a while is having a actually a physical notebook uh, on my desk and it sits there with a pen on top of it. And every time I come in, I, I, I go to get down to work and it sat there and it calls at me and I open a page and I write a heading for the date and three things I want to get done today. It's the first thing I do. And it has that ability to focus and just go, you forget all the other stuff that's going to come at me left, right and center. If I reach the end of the day, I can three ticks. It's been a great day. If I had two, it's been okay. If it's one, I've made progress. If it's none, what the hell has gone there? It's been that's been a really useful yeah, little thing. Habit. Um, Elizabeth, yes. we've got three great questions here, and then I've got a couple I want to ask. Elizabeth's asking, uh, uh, how can she be more sensitive to client communications? Oh, great, <laughs> great. So this one, uh, what it comes down to here is uh, two things. One, you want to transition really well. So what a transition is, is going from one thing into the next thing. So when you wake up uh, from the first time, from getting out of bed and into your day, that's a transition time. From going from work to home, that's transition time. So in terms of your client interactions, you gotta have really good transitions where you go from whatever you're focusing on and you're able to transition. And in that transition, you gotta let go of any tension, any stress, and you gotta kind of like set your mind into, okay, what are we trying to accomplish here? You know what I mean? So in my mind, before a client, um, I'll kind of have that little moment where I'll take a deep breath, let go of everything else, and I'll just focus on like some of the strengths or some of the good things about that client. You know, so what is something you enjoy about them? What is some of their potential? What are some of the, uh, some, some of the good things about it? That helps me transition my mind. And then when I'm in that time, you just have to practice getting better at better at being present. The way to do that, the, the way to do it is instead of living in your head, being aware of your own thoughts, being aware of your own feelings, more so being doing what you're doing before, the draft in the air, just being uh, externalizing your focus. So you look at the color of their eyes, you notice the color of their hair, you notice their posture, and you just externalize, you just give all your attention into the present moment. And by doing that, you'll be able to, you'll, you'll pick up everything. Love that. Hopefully that's useful, Elizabeth. Nina and Jeffrey, Nina's question was, how do I get back into a focused mindset after the holidays? sluggish brain you know it's kind of like trying to get back into running after you've not done it for a while how can you make it this transition as smooth as possible yeah definitely so if you haven't done it already over the new year the the very first thing you want to do is you want to make sure that you have good quality reflection time good quality reflection time because this sounds strange that you want to reflect on all the wins and do something really relaxing but the first thing, what will happen, right, is 2017 would have been a big year for all of you guys. You're high performers, you have big goals, you would have been pushing, there would have been wins, there would have been stresses, right? Now, the habit of our culture 
is to move on too quickly. But the problem is, is if you're climbing Mount Everest and at the end of day 10, you get to that, that base camp or whatever you get to and you look up at the rest of the mountain, that is going to overwhelm you. Your brain will be thinking, I've done all of this and I still have to go ahead and do that. So the, the mental toughness or the mindset there that is key is when you hit that point, in this case, the 2017, 2018 transition, you want to stop and you want to reflect on all the wins. Because what that's going to do is it's going to energize you. It's going to make you feel positive. It's going to increase your self-esteem. It's going to make remind you of how much you've done. And then when your mind starts thinking about the year ahead, you're going to have more of that energy, more of that strength, and then you're going to be able to attack 2018 better. So if you haven't done it uh, already, I suggest going and getting your favorite coffee shop, writing down the wins, reflecting on the wins, have a glass of wine with your partner, go for a beach walk, do whatever you need to do, but reflect on those wins and really generate all that good. And then when you've done that reflection time and it's been a solid 30 minutes at least, at least, then you want to be able to go, okay, let's look at the new year now. So that reflection time will really recharge. Love that. Uh, one question from Jeffrey, and this is a cracker. Let's talk about energy management. It's going to be, well, firstly, let me just, I'm going to just pull something out. I'm going to pull you up on something, Jeffrey. How to maintain energy through what inevitably becomes a long year. That inevitably becomes a long year is part of the problem. You could break it up. You could say what is inevitably going to be three very quick sprints to amazing results. But I'm going to have to put some work in. But I love the work. Anyway, let's move on from that. Um, let's talk a, talk a bit about energy management because it's hugely important now. You know, we used to talk about time management. I think that's BS nowadays, to be honest, because yeah. we've got, we're always on, particularly as business owners. So it's no longer about time management. It's about energy management. And if you are on all the time, uh, your, your batteries are going to deplete like, a, like an iPhone uh, six with the new operating system. So Ben, over to you. Tactics for, for staying energized all the way to December. You like that metaphor? I, I do. Yeah, very relatable. Very relatable. So, <laughs> yeah, so energy, energy is huge. So obviously, once the the exercise and the nutritional stuff and the water, once that's all looked after, right? The real thing about energy, and I know this from personal experience. By the age of twenty four, I had adrenal fatigue twice, total burnout no energy and I was, I was fit, I was healthy. But by 24, I already had it burned out twice. And the thing was, is negativity and stress are the biggest, biggest issues in terms of energy. Every time you're, you're stressed about anything, whether it's low key or very big, you're gonna lose energy. But the problem with that is, is when you're in a stress mindset most of the day, you think playing a video game, watching Netflix or hanging out with friends is switching off but you'll find that your brain is still constantly stressing and worrying in the background. That is not switching off. And that's where people start over drinking too much because they're trying to switch off their brain. But if you're not properly mentally switching off because you haven't transitioned from work to home, you think that that seven hours of sleep is going to refresh you, but your brain then goes into problem solving mode as you're sleeping. So that's what happens when you wake up after six or seven hours of sleep and you still feel tired. Mm. Your brain did not switch off. Mm. So that is that is a huge key. So you've got to learn to switch your brain off there using some of the techniques we've talked about. And the other key is as well is um, in the natural, we have four seasons, summer, spring, all those kind of things, winter. So this year, you've got to make sure you recognize your seasons. If you're trying to go in a season of hard work and a season of sprint all year, it's not going to work for you. Mm. You know, my recommendation, um, I had this mindset uh, when I was really young. 
when I was like 19 starting business. I'm like, okay, when I'm a millionaire, I'm going to go on a holiday every three months. And then a few years ago, the first year of marriage, like multiple years ago, I said to my wife, I'm like, we can just do that now. Yeah. We can just do that now. We can just take time, just like take three, not even a three days, just take a week off, just go locally, just get out of the house and just do something different. Yeah. Because what will refresh and recharge your energy is variety. If you're doing the same thing, constantly grinding, and you're not getting any variety in your life, you will not recharge properly. So it can be as simple as going a new place. It can be as simple as if you're really stressed for money and time, you just got to go on unique dates with your partner. You know what mm. I mean? But you have to do something unique and something with variety, something different, and that'll actually recharge your brain as well. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I just want to add to that. And I know everybody kind of doesn't take that bit serious. They go, yeah, okay, we're finished, celebrate, whatever. But I'm, I'm deadly serious about this. That two-week break to stop, down it, go out, have lunch with your team, go and, you know, sell it, do something to reward yourself is the most important part of it all because we're actually trying to create a dopamine feedback reward loop where you link the hard work and the systematization of putting it in place with the reward at the end of it. And you repeat that two or three times over the course of the year and you are priming yourself to almost like to automatically uh, be aiming at success and automatically be aiming at downtime. So um, just want to put that out there because uh, it's not there just so we can all go, oh, thank God, there's two weeks off. You know, now we can just create content. It's there because it's a hugely important part of at the end of it, jumping on a webinar together, shouting from the high, high tops what everyone's done and then challenging you to go out and, and, and celebrate and, and reward yourself. I want to ask two questions and then... Uh, the first one is Rachel asked the question about um, dealing with difficult people at work. Uh, I'm tempted to just move past that one, to be honest. It's, but is there a quick tactic you can put across for dealing with? Because I know it's not just Rachel who has that problem, apparently. It's other people out there. Difficult, some strategies for dealing with difficult people who maybe aren't aware of the impact they have on those around them. Yeah, the, uh, the calmest, most positive, most confident person wins. That's it. That is the key. If you've got a difficult person, uh, the calmer you are, the more positive you are, and the more confident you are, you are going to be able to lead and turn around that scenario and that situation. So that has to become your primary focus with a difficult person, especially with a lot of you guys. You guys will be leaders. So what that means is a lot of these difficult people are probably staff. So on that, if you can lead from that position of calm, positive, and total unshakable confidence, then what's going to happen is then that, that, that's basically how you're going to win. You know, if, uh, if someone, as you were saying, that guy walked into the room, he was full of anger and then he just had that calm response. He was in control and he was able to diffuse the situation and, and he was in control there. So what you want to do with the difficult people is you want to basically go, my goal with this person is not to fix them. At the moment, my goal is to be the calmest, most confident, most positive person in the room and be unshakable in that. Love that. Can you quickly just do a quick refresh on switching off strategies? Switching off, right? So if you want to create a habit out of it, uh, once you've done work for the day, you've left the office, jump in the car, don't turn on the car, just turn on the ignition, put a piece of music that you really love on. And what love you do is you close your eyes and I want you just to do four by four breathing. The military do it all the time. Breathe in for four, breathe out for four, and it helps them to switch off their brain. So what you do is you get into the car, you turn on a good song that you like, use Spotify, use the radio, four in, four out, clear your mind, refresh it. And then what you want to do is you actually want to visualize the goal for being at home. Most of the time, the goal for being at home is going to be enjoy your family, 
or enjoy yourself at home. So what you do is you do your four by four and you start to visualize what you're wanting next. You need to give your brain a new thing to focus on. Otherwise, you'll go straight to your car, you'll drive home and your brain is still chewing or processing yeah. on all of the things of the day, you know? Can we do this now? Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So can you yeah. walk us through it? Yeah, absolutely. So everyone just get comfortable, close your eyes and we're not gonna use the music, but the music can help you when you buy yourself. And all you wanna do is exactly what the military people do to basically be calm even when they're getting shot at. And that's breathing in for four and breathing out for four. And it doesn't matter about clearing the mind or whatever. All you're trying to do is just be aware of your breath. That'll give you something to focus on. So breathing in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four. And then again, two, three, four. And now I want you just to begin to visualize because it's morning. Usually you would visualize uh, the nighttime or visualizing what you want to do. But what I want you guys to do is I want you to visualize today going well. So just create a picture in your mind, give your goal that goal, give your brain that goal, that target. And what you'll find is if you guys do this, as you transition from work into home, your brain will start switching off. It will switch off faster and faster and faster. So it's very simple. And it's one of those things that works. If you use it. Awesome, man. That was really, really good. This has been great. We've gone a bit over, but man, thank you so much, especially given our start. We've been working together for about a year. And I can honestly say pound for pound, dollar for dollar uh, of the investment that I've made in, in, in the coaching. It's just had such a massive impact. It's something... It's not only giving me stuff to work, we, we work on actually during the sessions, but I've taken stuff out. And uh, the really interesting stuff it, thing is the things that we've covered, you know, whilst we talk about them mm -hmm. and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I'll practice them for a bit. They just stick, which is something I've never had before. I've always had to work really hard at learning this and learning that. And then the moment you take your, your eye off the ball, it kind of drops away. But for some reason, the, the work that we've done, it just embeds itself and it's, it's, it's changed things. Dude, Love to know, explain a bit about how you actually work, who you work with, and what the process is for, for coaching people in what you do. Yeah, so um, what I work with is people who are basically, they want to get to the next level. They want to be at their best. And their business might be great, but then they might need more energy or more mindset in the other areas of life. So what I'm working with is people who are leaders, people who are business owners, and people who actually need or want to be at their best so they can accomplish the things that they want to accomplish. So before I get started with anybody, I like to have an initial over Skype or face-to-face -face if they're in Adelaide, but usually over Skype. We just have an initial chat over Skype. So there's no charge mm -hmm. for that. I just figure out, do, we, do I want to help you? Uh, are you right for this? All that kind of stuff. And in that time, we just basically talk about what's happening for you, what your goals are. And I usually try to leave people with a strategy they can implement. So whether we're right for each other or not, I want to help them and kind of push them forward. So once we kind of uh, know what we're looking to achieve, we know what we want to focus on. We know how we're going to get these results. We have that plan. Then uh, initially with people, I like to work with them once a week, for about 45 minutes. And then uh, in that time, we get to build some momentum in their mindset towards where they want to go. So after years of their brain operating the same way, we get some momentum up. And then what will happen as things are sticking, as they're kind of more in control and they're at that level, then we start spacing it out. And then mm. we can go once a month or whatever we kind of need to go. And basically, I just become a guy that's uh, on dial anytime you need a tune up or you're at the next level with the next level of challenges. Yeah, uh, exactly. Ben, dude, 
It's all gone south. I need to talk to you. Next thing you know, boom, we're on. And I think Rachel said to me, I came back after a session with you just before Christmas. And she went, how are you? Oh, you're fine. And it was just the, the change. <laughs> There's also um, something I've heard is that, or well, something I experienced and I've heard from a lot of people who work with you is you, you also do some work with other people in the business who are other, other important performers within a business mm-hmm. or sometimes even problem staff and they'll get given a session or two to deal with you to kind of help you kind of uncover what's going on or how you can unlock them as well. Is this, does that, is that, tell us a bit about how that works. Yeah, it's a, it's a similar thing because uh, as you guys would understand, if you guys have key staff that need to perform at their best, it's the same for them as it is for you. If they're under stress, if they're not performing properly, if they don't have those right strategies, they will underperform and your business will suffer. So what Absolutely. will commonly happen is a business will pay for sessions for them and then we'll go through the same process with them. We'll kind of, uh, one, of my, one of my abilities is I can really get in there quickly and figure out what the real blocks are. How yeah. is this person getting in their own way? What are their talents and how do we kind of remove the blocks and amplify the strengths? Yeah. And I personally have, I've learned a lot, which I've actually applied to my coaching. Uh, yeah. and, and that's, I guess, the secondary thing. You're not only fixing yourself, but you're also learning skills from someone who's really good at it. Um, if people would like to avail themselves of spending at 40 minutes with you mm-hmm. and just like getting a session, even if they have no intention of, of getting performance coaching, but they'd like to kind of get a sense of how it works, what, what would, how would they go about that? Yeah, they just visit my website, Ben Elliott dot com dot au or they just email me and uh, we'll just be able to set up that uh, initial chat we'll find a time we'll do it over skype we'll just have that chat there's i'm not a hard salesperson i mean i've got a lot of clients already but i like helping people so what will happen is um we'll just have that chat we'll talk about some things and we'll figure out what's happening and how you get in your own way and then uh, I'll, I'll definitely let you make sure that you leave with a strategy there so I've probably got space for about five of those kind of consults over the next month. So whether that's next week or fortnight or within the next month. So basically the first five people, I'll definitely jump on straight away and then we'll be able to, yeah, we'll be able to make that happen. Cool. And I'm going to put you on that. It's Ben, it's two T's. One T, one T, yeah, two T. E-double-L-I-O-double-T. What's the origin of Elliot? Uh, uh, parents are from the uh, parents are from England, so I think there's uh, it's English, a bit of Wales, a bit of Irish, but yeah, it's, it's one of those interesting words. I've never really thought about it, but yeah. I'm not quite sure of the the uh, I'm not quite sure of the exact meaning, but I think it's something to do with royalty. Cool. Yeah. Hey, um, do me a favor, everybody who's on the chat. If this has been, hopefully you enjoyed it. I mean, this has been great. I mean, I every yeah, we've done a lot of work on this stuff, but every time we sit down and talk, it. It sort of teaches me new things and refreshes some stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's relevant. I'm going to actually get a road test into how to not lose my SH1T whilst uh, struggling with uh, webinar stuff. Man, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Um, no, it's been what's, the rest of, what's the rest of the day for you? What is, a, what is a normal day? I've never asked you this. What does a normal day look like? Do you do back-to-back coaching meetings or is it pretty leisurely? Yeah, so... Yeah, I, I usually fill up my time with a, a bunch of coaching. And uh, so that's Monday through Friday. And then uh, I, I, uh, most people have a date night. Me and my wife try to have about three of those a week. So at the end of the day, I kind of go home. Um, depending on how I structure my day, Jim will be usually in the morning first thing. So Jim's in there, clients are in there, do some stuff on the business in the back scene, and then just be able to yeah, connect with uh, my wife or a few friends. And yeah, it's good just to get my hobbies in there. I always try not to coach my wife. I found it doesn't work. How's, your, how's been your experience with that? <laughs> I was already a coach when I met my wife. 
Right. So uh, when she really, 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 really wanted to get engaged with me, that's when I used that leverage and I sat down and said, okay, these are the rules. These are the, this is the vision. This is the, uh, the, the values that we have. You be direct with me. I be direct with you yeah. and we find a solution ASAP. So we are allowed to coach each other. So it doesn't yeah. always work, but uh, at least we have the theory in place, you know? So have a great week, Ben. Enjoy the rest of the day. And I'll, uh, yeah, this is me signing out. See ya. That's it, boys and girls, ladies and gents. Uh, I hope you enjoyed hearing from Ben. Uh, just a reminder, if you're interested in what Ben does, you'd like to go a bit deeper, you can visit his website. I believe it's benelliot.com. Uh, but if, to be honest, if you type into Google Ben Elliott Performance Coach, you're going to get Ben. He's, uh, he's very well respected and uh, easy to find as well. Hey, I hope this has been useful. As always, uh, we've got more to come. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of more podcasts that I'm going to be running through. We're going to be looking at growth. We're going to be looking at one around compliance coming up and a bunch more. Uh, so if you're not subscribed, feel free to jump over. If you've got any suggestions, if you know anybody who you think I should be talking to, would love to hear from you in that as well. Otherwise, from me, uh, from the team, from all of our guests, and thank you to the, you guys for, for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom. Uh, have a great week and I'll see you soon.